You are listening to Boulder, where I talk about challenges and opportunities of growing into your best life. Growing old is inevitable. It's time to live life on your terms. In this podcast, we are building a community of people in similar situations. Together, we will prepare for the next leg of the journey ahead. You will hear from others who have been where you are, those who have smashed stereotypes and have decided to live bolder. I'm your host, Emmy Cat. Hi, and welcome to Boulder. This is Emmy Cat. I started four months ago in doing this podcast. I was so excited. I was so ready to talk about all the challenges that we're going to encounter as you get older. And again, this podcast is not just for those of us that are going to go into our next step of our life as we grow older, but also for those of you that have family members that are going through that. So hopefully you could understand what they're going through. I had planned different topics. I was organized and then reality and life hit me. Four months ago, two of my best friends who happened to be in their 80s went through probably what I consider the toughest time of their life, at least for me. (laughs) Mind you, my friends are not weak. My friends have been two women that I've always admired. One of them was a top DJ in New York during the morning hour. Now for a Latina, to be morning hour, which is a top time to be a DJ in radio back in the 60s and 70s, probably all the way up to the 80s. In New York, you know she was an incredible woman. She was on top of her game. My other friend owned a restaurant for 30 years in Beverly Hills, a very successful restaurant called La Masia. Both of the women retired and they moved down to Miami. And during a game of cards, I became friends with them. And they became my best friends for the last 10 years. They are going through very hard times. And watching them go through that has made me question a lot of things, has made me put things in perspective and has made me change (laughs) how I would deal with this podcast. My friend that was from New York, she tried to commit suicide, ended up in the hospital, and she is now at home going through a very depressive time of her life. I never thought that she would actually, I've never known one person that has actually tried it. When I went to the hospital to see her, she was a little embarrassed. And when she looked at me, she said, I failed. I never failed at anything and I failed at this. 
And there was a side of her that was smiling, but I know that that smile really wanted to turn into tears because she really wanted to go. My other friend is going through memory lapses and I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's Alzheimer's. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but she forgets what just happened yesterday. She's forgetting some people. She recognizes a few of us, but the worst part is not that she's going through that. The worst part is that she realizes that she's going through that. And for a woman that was so sharp, that ran a restaurant for so many years, that ran a group of people for so many years to think that she's losing it. And she would sit there and cry and say, how long will it be before I remember who I am? I will tell you, these four months have not been easy for me. And you would think that the ones having the hard time are my friends. <laughs> Yet, I, as their friend, and I, I will say something, neither of the two have family. The first one, her husband passed away a long time ago and never had any children. And the second one, never had any children, was married twice and divorced twice. <laughs> And she does have distant relatives, but in Miami, nobody lives here with her. So I am the point of contact for both of these women. And it has not been easy. It has been very difficult. There are times that I would sit at the hospital not knowing what to do, not knowing how to help them, not knowing how to cheer them up, to continue looking forward to the whatever they have left of their life i i did not come to do bolder because i myself was dealing with this anxiety of not knowing how to handle it i feel that i have just started to see the light So here I am, four months later, with a total different concept of what my first podcast would be about. But because of the latest circumstances, I chose depression to be my first topic. I could talk about suicide, I could talk about Alzheimer's, I could talk about any of those, but I really do believe the main subject that is affecting both of my friends is depression. So therefore, in their honor, I decided to really look into it as I've educated myself and hopefully this will help you either with friends that you might have for yourself or for family members. Depression, it is more than just feeling sad, yet it is a very common yet serious mood disorder and it needs to be treated. It causes severe symptoms that affect how you feel, how you think, and how you handle your everyday activities, such as sleeping, eating, and working. When you have depression, you have trouble with daily life for weeks at a time. 
Depression is a real illness. It is not a sign of a person's weakness or character flaw. It is also, you also cannot just like snap out of it. It is a clinical thing. It is something that you or a lot of people need help with. Most people who experience depression need treatment in order to get better. But let me make something clear. Depression is not a normal part of aging. It is a common problem among older adults, but it is not a normal, normal part of aging. Let me explain that. While depression is very common problem with older people, it is not something that every aging person is going to go through. In fact, studies show the most older adults feel very happy with their lives, despite having more illnesses, more physical problems than they did when they were much younger. However, important life changes that happens as we get older may cause a feeling of uneasiness, stress, and sadness. For example, what could trigger it could be the death of a loved one, moving from work into retirement, or dealing with a very serious illness. All of these can leave people feeling sad or anxious. And it takes a time to adjust. So after a period of adjusting, many older adults can regain their emotional balance, but many don't. Not everybody does. Recognizing symptoms of depression in older adults is very important because it is not what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing that when people get depressed, they get sad. That's how we identify it because that's how we've seen it with younger people. That's how you see it in younger people. But that's not how it manifests with older people, not all the time. Some older adults that are depressed do not show any kind of sadness symptoms, or maybe they know how to hide it a lot better. They have other symptoms that are less obvious. And most of the time, they're not willing to talk about it. They don't talk about their feelings. Therefore, doctors are less likely to recognize it. And family members or friends do not see it right away. Sometimes older people who are depressed, they feel tired or they show tiredness. They have trouble sleeping or they might seem a little bit grumpier or more irritable. Confusion or attention, it causes depression and can sometimes look like Alzheimer's. But they could just be signs of other kind of disorder. Older adults may have more medical conditions, such as a heart disease, a stroke, cancer, which can cause depressive symptoms. Or they might just be taking medication that are side effects, so we don't know. 
in the case of my friends i did not know they were going through this because they were taking medication and i just thought okay it must be symptoms of the medication they also are aware they're a lot smarter than some of the younger kids at not showing that they're sad uh, instead of sadness sometimes they turn it into being angry so you might see them a little grumpier I think we have always heard oh you know grandma's just a little grumpy or oh grandma is this or that or you just hear the symptom of a grumpy old person I never knew that that was a symptom that covers depression and I guess what it is is that it hides the fact that they don't feel happy it's better to be angry than to be sad <laughs> um, so there are many ways for you to identify or for you to start seeing if you see it more often than not to question because it will not be a sign that you did when you saw your teenager of being depressed in the room so be aware of that I like to remind you that I'm not an expert on this so please do talk it over with your with your doctor I think it's really important as we move on to identifying depression and there are very many different types of depression there's major depression there's persistent depressive disorder and there's a whole bunch of others <laughs> major depression involves a severe symptom that interferes with your ability to work, to sleep, to study, to eat, or just enjoy life. It can occur only once in a person's lifetime, or it could be several episodes. But I think when you see somebody without this wanting to eat, that they're not hungry, um, they cannot read anymore, they don't find the joy in reading, uh, that they can't sleep, the things that they used to do day to day, they cannot do them anymore. And it's not that they cannot do it, they just don't find the pleasure in doing it. That would be considered a major depression. A persistent depressive disorder. It's a depressed mood that could last for years. This one scared me <laughs> because I think I could handle a few months of sadness or depression, but knowing that there's a depression that could last years is actually kind of scary. A person that's diagnosed with a persistent depressive disorder may have episodes of depression at the same time that they have other less severe symptoms. And this is why it makes it so much harder to identify one of them because after so many months and months of being either grouchy or grumpy or not able to sleep you just think it's a problem sleeping or it's a problem with their attitude when in fact it is a persistent depressive disorder There are many risk factors for depression. Some that I, I really had no idea. I did not know that you could have the gene, the depressive gene, and it's important to take a look at historicals and see if 
grandpa, grandma um, suffered from depression. Look into a family history in order to identify if they've had it with other relatives or as they were young and most likely is very high that they could get it as they get older. Just like when you have a family that has cancer, your risk of getting cancer is higher is the same thing with depression. It is part of a gene, your personal history. Older adults who had depression when they were young are at higher risk of getting it as they get old. Stress. Stress is probably one of the highest factors that causes depression. Losing a loved one, passing away, and, and a lot of times you see this because they're at that point where their significant other passes away. A difficult relationship or any stressful situation that triggers depression. And this is something to take a look at. Leaving their home, a lot of older people are at that point where they cannot be living by themselves anymore so they change their home that is a drastic change that can cause stress not being able to drive anymore is a stress this is something that was part of their life for so many years for a lot of people since they were 16 and all of a sudden not to be able to drive all of those changes in life cause stress and it is very important to acknowledge them. Depression can co-occur with other illnesses. This happens especially in the middle age or older adults. Other serious medical illnesses such as diabetes, cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's disease, all of them heighten depression. Depression can make these conditions worse and vice versa. Sometimes the medication that's taken for these illnesses can cause side effects. Because of it, a lot of us are not aware and we could just say, oh, they're acting like this because of the side effect of the medication. And not really know that this, the depression is a separate illness from the diabetes or from the heart disease. They are not, heart disease does not come with depression. Cancer does not come with depression. The stress because of that illness can cause depression. And it is very important to identify, or at least to bring it up to your doctor. So if you are going because you are diabetic, mention, and you know what? I am also depressed. The same thing will go for any of the other um, illnesses that you might have that are taking medication. Because stress and depression is not really part of any other illness. And it is important to identify that. There are many symptoms of depression. If you or I, if you identify it on someone or you see it in yourself for something that lasts longer than two weeks, then you should really be paying attention to it because it might be a little more serious than you think. Persistence of feeling sad, anxious, or having this feeling of this mood of feeling empty, and that happens for longer than two weeks, is probably depression. When you have the feeling of hopelessness, 
you feel guilty, worthless, or helplessness. You're irritable, restless, or you have trouble sleeping, or even sitting still. Loss of interest in any of the activities that you used to do, including sex, that's a definitely sign of depression. When you're constantly tired, fatigued, you have no energy. When you are moving or talking very slowly, <laughs> in my case, it's not depression. I just talk slow, <laughs> especially after my belt palsy. I don't have a movement on my muscle, on my face muscles, but um, yes, talking slowly and moving slowly is a sign of depression. When they have difficulty concentrating, remembering, or making decisions, difficulty sleeping, waking up in the morning or oversleeping, staying too long in bed, that's a sign of depression. When you're either eating a lot, more than you used to, or less, a lot less than your usual. When it usually comes with a lot of gain weight or a loss of weight. You're constantly thinking of death, suicide, or you have suicidal attempts. Your aches and pains, your a lot of headaches, digestive problems, without any clear reason of why you're having them. That's usually a sign of depression. Frequent and constant crying. I actually never thought that that could actually happen, but I, I have seen constant crying out of nothing for no reason luckily there are treatments for depression and it's very important that you see a doctor again I am NOT an expert on this I am just have done a lot of research after my friends have started going through what they're going through and I had to a little educate myself on it but it is very important that it gets treated because it is treatable you, you need to start by making an appointments to see a doctor. It is very important because they are the only ones that will be able to give you the proper treatment. There are many ways to treat it. There are many um, ways to deal with this. Therapy for depression, um, talking about it. You could go see a, a psychologist, um, go in a group and talk about it. Talking about something that makes you feel bad, letting it out is very freeing. Knowing that other people are going through this, that you're not the only one, is very freeing. And it's also very important. So therapy for depression is probably one of the best solutions because you're not taking medication or any of that. Not that it's bad, but it's for me, with my friends, it was the first thing that I tried getting them to talk identifying that this is what they're going through and that they're not alone but if that doesn't help there's also medication one of my friends is actually taking which i had no idea there's some patches that she that she was given to put in her body and her body absorbs this medication and uh they're like antidepressants and it usually takes from two weeks to a month in order to, to start working. 
uh, she did not want to take any pills and that's the reason why they gave her the patches um, she was just very confused and didn't like taking pills so the she has a little alarm because she forgets a little alarm at four o'clock it goes off and it is time to change your patch and for depression there is medication and it is important to understand that there are things to do either talk about it or go see a doctor to give you medication for it but do something about it it is not right for anybody to go weeks months years feeling like the entire world is on your shoulders feeling blue depressed it just is not a way to live but how do you prevent depression? Is there a way to prevent depression? I don't know, but I do believe there are things that can be done so the risk could be lower. So you could help cope with depression. Uh, you could deal with it a little bit better there are a few steps that we could take be prepared i think i've always said for anything educate yourself be prepared know that there are changes coming in your life know that you will be maybe downsizing and instead of feeling depressed that you're leaving behind what was your life look forward to where you're going i know that i'm preparing to let go of my house I've been here for 20 something years and as much as I love my house, my garden is becoming so difficult for me. There are so many things that are just so draining. I love my neighborhood. I love everything about it. If I only had a house with one room, <laughs> my house is just becoming too much and too overwhelming for me and I don't have relatives. So I'm already preparing. I've already started telling my friends, I am going to be moving. I am not sure when, but it's coming soon. I've started making plans. I told one of my best friends, not neither of these two ladies, but one that's more my contemporary. When I sell my house, we're going to Paris. Um, she's never been to Paris and I love Paris. So I told her <laughs> Paris will be a place I was gonna take her. Um, there are just things that we could do to look forward to, to have a purpose. A lot of people look back and say, I feel so bad that I'm leaving my house. I feel so bad that I, I'm not gonna be able to drive. And they get depressed about that. Find a purpose to move forward to. It is not the end of a life when you sell your house and move to a smaller place. It is a new beginning. Um, one of my neighbors, she just moved into the neighborhood. She owned a huge ranch in Wyoming. And it's been very inspirational for me because she has talked to me about her transition of getting rid of this massive ranch that she had with horses and cows and this and that. Her husband passed away last year and she was never the one to take care of the farm. So she opened up the house and told all family members to take whatever they wanted. Then the second stage was to tell all of her neighbors and friends to come and take whatever they wanted. She wanted nothing, nothing from the ranch. Her dream was to move to a warmer place, which she moved to Florida. And she decided she was only gonna take a few pieces of clothing, her two dogs, 
and start fresh and you should see the excitement in her face as she is looking for a home she's renting right now she's looking for a home and everything in it is going to be new she's she's got magazines she's looking forward to it and and that has given me inspiration to think okay i should not feel sad that i am leaving my house because I know I will, it's just becoming a little overwhelming for me, but to look forward to what I have to coming up in the next years of my life. And I should just think like her. Instead of feeling sad that you are not able to drive anymore, think of the freedom that you're gonna get by not having your car anymore. And now I think we have the best of both worlds. I mean, now we have Uber and Lyft and you know, we and at very reasonable prices. It's not like taking a taxi, and you could just have it on an app on your phone, and they could come and pick you up. You don't have to deal with parking. You don't have to deal with the the traffic. It's like having your own private chauffeur without having all the money that you always imagined you needed if you needed a private chauffeur. There are many things that you could do. Educate yourself. Prepare yourself. Be aware of the things that might be coming, and. I believe that that is one of the ways that you could deal with depression. There are many, many websites. Outside of talking to your doctor, there are many places you could go to. There is the American Psychological Association, www.apa.org. There is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, www.apa.org nami.org nami.org national institute of mental health n i m h i n f o nimhimfo <laughs> okay let me skip that one that one just sounds so difficult to, to follow but it is google the national institute of mental health national suicide prevention lines suicidepreventionlifeline.org and the phone number, the free number is 1-800-273-8255 and that is open 24 hours a day and it is totally free. There's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration. That's also very important because as you get older, I don't know if you've seen it, but I see people walking with so many pills <laughs> that i just surprised how unbelievable it, it's just for somebody i get i don't take even aspirin i find it very difficult so i cannot imagine having to walk around with 20 pills but again prepare yourself in case it happens i'm already open to that there is a substance abuse for older people mental health service administration the phone number is 1-800-487-4889 it is totally free and it is open 24 hours I hope that I have shed some light into a subject that I never thought I would talk about because I did not ever think that at this age in our life, I always thought depression was something for younger people. I never realized that when I saw somebody grumpy that was older, that they could actually be a depressed person. I never thought that gaining a lot of weight as you get older was something of a sign of depression. Not being able to sleep, not being able to be happy, not to have a reason to smile. Unfortunately, I had to find the hard way through my friends. But 
they're still alive so there's still always hope and all I could do is just be a friend and all that you could do is be a family be a support be a friend a friend is probably one of the best commodities that we could ever have I want to thank the friends that have called me and asked me to not let my podcast go to the sides. After four months, I wasn't sure I was gonna pick it up, but I am very grateful for all of my friends. And I will say, not everybody was an older person. I have a group of friends from Snapchat that knew that I was working on this project. And those, trust me, are not even half my age. <laughs> Yet they called me and they were telling me or they would send me messages, like, don't give it up, keep going, start. And I wanna thank them from the bottom of my heart for being there for me, for reminding me that there is a reason to have the, this podcast, that there is a purpose for it. This has been Boulder. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me for another episode in our search to live bolder. And remember, it's never too late to make the rest of your life your best life. Please subscribe today. Also follow me on Instagram and Facebook under Boulder the Podcast. Thank you.